What's going on everyone? Welcome back to the Season Gaming BitCast. Ains here, Dan and Bert joining me. This is BitCast 46 and we're going to be talking today a lot about Anthem. It is here, we've played it quite extensively. What do we think about our, uh, our early thoughts there? We had a Nintendo Direct this week, so we finally got some of the news coming out on uh, Nintendo's side, some new first party things and some uh, small surprises which uh, look pretty good. We got uh, Neil Blomkamp creating an Anthem video, which we got really excited about. Uh, some other news on major titles. Blizzard has pissed everyone off, uh, and uh, you know we'll talk about that as well. We've got a couple of reviews with you today, Apex Legends, Kingdom Hearts 3, and then we'll, uh, we'll get to some of the things we've been playing uh, beyond Anthem, including Crackdown and Far Cry New Dawn. So guys, let's kick it off with the Nintendo Direct. So... It was about 35 minutes long. It was a, a packed 35 minutes, which was great news for Nintendo fans. And I'm just going to run through some of the major things we saw here and then let you guys comment. So we've got uh, Super Mario Maker 2 coming to the Switch, which uh, I'm pretty excited about. I love those types of games. I think one of the things that caused the biggest uh, kind of hubbub is a remake of Zelda Link's Awakening, the classic Game Boy game, coming back at a fresh new art style. Uh, looks really beautiful coming to the switch as well We got Tetris 99 a unique take on Tetris uh, Things like Fire Emblem Three Houses and Dragon Quest Builders 2 are coming We got announcements of some ports like Mortal Kombat 11, Hellblade, Assassin's Creed 3 all coming to the switch So increased third-party support and then uh, Obviously Bert's favorite announcement. We have Ken, Daisy and Young Link Amiibos on the way so Guys, what do you think about Nintendo Direct? Are you a little more excited for Nintendo's 2019 Outlook now? Um, what about the Zelda remake, Mario Maker 2? Let's hear it. Yeah, so a couple things that were kind of cool about it. Um, first of all, we're glad we did get a Direct. There was a lot of rumors that we weren't going to get one in February, and then they finally announced it only a few days before it actually came out, so that was kind of cool. Um, I did like the overall theme of the Direct. There's a couple of surprises that were obviously saved for the end. We'll touch on that in a second with Zelda. Um, at the same time, um, there's a couple things that they announced that were ready as you were watching. So that was kind of cool. And what I'll mention directly about that was Tetris 99. If you don't know what that is, it is a Battle Royale version of Tetris. And I did play it already. Uh, it actually works, funny enough, in a weird way. You're literally playing with 99 people, obviously 98 if you don't include yourself. And you're literally fighting against each other in kind of a versus Tetris mode. I did play two games of it. The first one, I got ninth place. And the second one, I got 27th place. Um, and you have to be really, really good at Tetris to obviously do well. Um, a few other announcements, and I'll pass it off to Dan, that kind of surprised me. That was kind of cool. The Yoshi's demo was available during the actual um, the, the announcement of it kind of coming out. That was kind of cool. I've played through the level of that, um, and it's cool because if you like Yoshi's Woolly World, this is more of the same and kind of newer graphics. There's not really anything revolutionary, but if you did like the Yoshi's Woolly World game on the Wii U, I wouldn't say this is a port, but I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of what was in Wooly World has transferred over to this game, which is good and bad depending if you were wanting something new. Um, yes, the uh, Amiibos have me excited with the exception of Daisy. I don't care for her, um, but it is cool to see some ports coming through. 
um, like Hellblade, which is one of my favorite games of this generation. However, I don't know how that's going to run. It did struggle to run on PlayStation 4 and the uh, launch Xbox um, in super high resolution. However, we got some nice enhancements with the Pro and the X, which is really cool. Um, and other than that, it was a pretty cool presentation. Uh, cool to see a lot of what they've been talking about before. I'm not sure if this means that 2019 is going to be this amazing year, but it is cool to see some more details on what they're doing for the next at least few months and maybe the rest of the year. Yeah, <clears throat> I watched some of it, um, most of it, pretty much the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> Zelda is going to be cool because I've, I've never actually played that game. That was a Game Boy Advance game or something, right? It was, I, I've never mm -hmm. played, yeah, I, that one I'm looking forward to a lot. It looks awesome. I played some of Tetris 99, Bert, also. I finished 43rd and then 94th. Um, I hate Tetris. I also hate Battle Royale. So this is like the perfect storm wow. of games that I hate. However, it is pretty cool. They did a really cool little job with it. I can appreciate it, yeah. you know, objectively. And, you know, say, yeah, you know what? If you're a Tetris fan, even if you're not a Battle Royale fan, this might, you know, let you, you know. It's cool. It's cool. That's all I can say about it. But, you know, not for me. Um, the ports, eh. You know, I've got them on other consoles. Um, as far as uh, games that I, I didn't know were kind of the Fire Emblem game looks really cool. I, pl I played the other one, and um, I'll probably check that one out. Uh, Amiibos, obviously. Don't care. But <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's more your, your deal. The Super Mario Maker I probably will get for my kids. You know, I'm just glad they came out with, some they came out with something this month. Um, I think if they do a couple more maybe this year... And just kind of, you know, maybe one in, I don't know, June or so and, you know, kind of hit out the rest of the year. Um, I'd like to see a little bit more. I was really, really hoping for that Metroid Prime Trilogy remake. But, mm -hmm. you know, that was more of just wishes and dreams. Crushed by Nintendo, as usual. So, thanks. Thanks, <laughs> Nintendo. Yeah, I'm, I'm relatively similar. I think I'm going to get Mario Maker out of this group here. Tetris 99. Uh, correct me, guys. I haven't looked, but it's free, right? Yep. It is. It's okay. free and available during the actual announcement. Yeah, so I need to. I haven't turned on my Switch since it, so I need to download that in mm -hmm. the the Yoshi's demo. Um, Zelda: Link's Awakening. I love the art style. I think it looks fantastic. Um, but as I've said before, they're really not up my alley nowadays. So I, you know, I may check it out. But uh, I hope other people will enjoy that. I'm sure they will. And then, uh, as Dan said, the ports don't interest me. Um, I was really hoping to see, the sad thing here, I was really hoping to see the Metroid Prime, you know, remakes, and I was hoping to see more of Luigi's Mansion. That's the game I'm, I'm most anticipating uh, in 2019, but we didn't get to see that. So not a lot here that, that got me going personally, but um, it's, it's good to see new content. To Bert's point, I like that they release things during the show. I think that's become kind of a theme um, during E3, during PSX, during, you know, um, inside Xbox, those types of things is that, you know, these companies like releasing things and getting people excited at that moment. So that's pretty neat. Um, but yeah, anyway, I guess we'll, uh, see what Nintendo's got up their sleeves uh, and we'll just, uh, continue to wait to see more of Metroid. So yeah, Ains, and if I could, if I could touch really quick on the main points of the, of the main game. So Super Mario Maker 2 has a release date of June, 2019. So that's actually coming soon. Zelda did not have a release date at all. It simply said 2019. Uh, we don't know if that's a fall, and as we can kind of expect, it's probably going to be a fall game since Super Mario Maker 2 is going to be the game 
um, for the summer, I guess you could call it. Um, the And then you have Yoshi for the spring. So those are kind of the three big games that we know for sure are coming. Obviously, we might see more at E3. Another cool thing that they showed, which is kind of, I guess, neat for a Nintendo fans, but they showed Mortal Kombat 11. You can kind of imagine there's going to be a severe downgrade in, in overall graphics and stuff, if that means anything to you from the big consoles, because uh, Ed Boon has been talking about how this new one's just going to look amazing on the X and the Pro. And you can kind of expect that to be cool there and then a downgrade there. So that's kind of something that's coming. A lot of people have been wanting that to come to the Nintendo Switch, and here it is. But yeah, so there's some cool things. The other thing, the Dragon Quest Heroes 2, or sorry, Builders uh, 2, um, kind of cool if you like it. It's just uh, a lot of the same. It's more of just like an expansion, but it is being titled as number two. They didn't really show much outside of the trailer itself. So gameplay was very scant, I guess, as far as it was shown. Cool. Well, let us know your thoughts on the Nintendo Direct guy. I know we were getting some questions around, you know, what we thought about it, anything that uh, really jumped out, so happy to discuss that. Let's talk about Sony for a second. So Sony Corporation, uh, Yoshida came out earlier this week and announced that Jim Ryan, who was deputy president, is taking over as the CEO and chief of uh, Sony Interactive Entertainment uh, completely. So he and John Cadera, the current CEO, are essentially switching roles. So they didn't really say it this way, but... You know, from a corporate perspective, it looks like Kodera just got demoted, um, and Jim Ryan's going to be taken over. So Jim Ryan is famous for a few things, well, some good, some bad. He is famous uh, on the positive side for really running a tight ship on PlayStation in Europe. Um, has really led to some uh, a strong momentum in Europe. As you know, if you're aware of a lot of the uh, markets over there, PlayStation really dominates, and so he's accredited with bringing that success for PlayStation over there. Um, and then on the negative side, he is <laughs> very well known for these comments he made earlier this generation or a couple years ago around backwards compatibility and older games and why would anyone want to play these games? They look terrible nowadays, etc., etc. So uh, as soon as this was announced, there was a lot of rumors and speculation that, you know, uh, would Sony still continue to pursue backwards compatibility for the PS5? Obviously, we don't know. We think it will. Um, but this is more of a corporate announcement. It's kind of interesting. I don't know. The only thing I was going to say personally, guys, is Jim Ryan, if you listen to him speak, he is very much a business man. Um, he is not, from the conversations I've heard him you know, uh, have or the interviews I've seen with him, uh, very much a focused gamer. He's more of a straight business numbers guy. So this is kind of an interesting move, given the direction the industry is heading, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I don't normally care who the hell is up there in sony however this guy's kind of a dummy <laughs> to me i mean i'm sure he knows his stuff <laughs> but it just seems like like all these things like you know, he just comes out and just says what he wants to say you know which i respect that you know hey knack 2 sucks or knack is terrible he said that you know so i'm like you know this is your this is your game man you know don't say that kind of stuff the stuff on backwards compatibility that's just a mess over there anyway at sony and you have sean Layden come out and basically say hey we're going to have, you know, we're pushing towards that. And then we have developers coming out and say, nope, that's not even remotely true. I mean, you know, and, you know, it, it's, it's crazy to me. You know, I don't think there's a huge problem over there, obviously, because they're selling crazy amounts of, you know, consoles and games and stuff. So they're doing fine. I mean, it's just, I'm not sure what this move means in the long run. Uh, I guess we'll see. I don't really know John Codera very much, so... I just know who Jim Ryan is and not from the great things, you know. So, businessman, sure. I'm not sure how relatable he is to actual gamers, though. 
Yeah, that's that's my biggest concern as well as the businessman only side of things. If if he's not in touch with with what is currently going on in gaming right now, that's going to be an issue. Hopefully, his ideas have evolved with the crossplay conversation, um, and as well as the uh, cross-platform and I guess backwards compatibility stuff in general. So, I don't know what that means yet either. Um, I'm assuming Sony has that figured out. At the same time, there have been Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony have done really well one generation and totally bombed the next generation. So. Uh, they have a ton of momentum going right now. Let's keep. Let's make sure they can keep it going. But I have no idea what that means yet. Yeah, I guess we'll see. And I, I think the conversation here was more. It's kind of strange because I think on the Sony side we see more of the business type of presence, uh, whereas I think on the Xbox side people get so comfortable um, speaking and communicating with people, people like Major Nelson and Phil Spencer and Mike Yabara. Um, it's just a very different atmosphere in that regard. So it's interesting. All right, uh, a real quick one here, but uh, exciting for me anyway. We've talked a lot about Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, they had a uh, what they're calling the Combat Cast. They had Episode 2 this week, uh, which kind of tied into the Nintendo Direct announcement we talked about. But they unveiled the next uh, major character, and that is Jade. So uh, for me, uh, Bird, I don't know about your thoughts, but Jade is actually my favorite female character. Uh, ninja in the game. Uh, I love the staff play and I just love her moves and I think the art style they're going with here and this kind of more um, uh, underworld approach with her is really really cool looking. I love the footage I saw. Yeah I mean I, I like her quite a bit as well. As for me it's between her and Katana um, but yeah she looks really cool. She was my favorite back in the day and then they kind of changed her a bit throughout time um, and not my favorite anymore but from what I see from her now she looks really cool she's got a really cool fatality for sure yeah. which they showed in the video um, I always like how creative they are with that but I'm looking forward to her she's a cool new character yeah I'm not going to play Mortal Kombat <laughs> yeah, I figured this one wasn't for you. Dan, so. <laughs> not for me, but you but know what? Jade looks cool. You, I saw some of that stuff. She looks like like a green Darth Maul, man. I, what is she? Yeah, she what is she crazy. in like three, two or three? Is that where she came out? Mortal Kombat. Uh, I don't remember playing Mortal it. Kombat two. Was, it's a two. Mortal Kombat I think two. it was two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but they all look the same. It was her and like two other ones that looked exactly Katana, identical. Katana, Melina. There we go. All right. Yep. Yep. Yeah, no, man, that's cool. More, <laughs> more characters worry, is awesome. So. This next one is for you. So, okay. Kingdom Come Deliverance, <laughs> a franchise that we uh, we love around here, has been acquired by THQ Nordic. So, THQ Nordic, I think we talked about this before, just buying up a lot of IPs. Kind of, it's almost like they're buying a lot of IPs that aren't quite AAA, but they're not indie. You know what I mean? They sit in that kind of space between the AA uh, IPs, Darksiders, and uh, what they picked up some old ones like Time Splitters, I think it was, and a few others, but. Um, Dan, the first thing I heard here was that THQ Nordic had complaints around the lockpicking system. Yes. Um, so, you know, maybe they'll fix this up for you. Who knows? If that is the case and nothing else comes <laughs> of this entire acquisition, then we have succeeded in something. Because th this is just fix the lockpicking and we're done. And I will play the game all the way through tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> all right. Thank you, THQ Nordic. You're a real MVP. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got to say. Oh. Yeah, I, I don't have too much to say on the actual acquisition of uh, Kingdom Come Deliverance, only because I haven't played it, so I can't speak any positive or negative about it. But um, I do know that THQ Nordic apparently, um, reportedly, I should say, 
has over 40 games in development right now. And that's everything from, from new IPs to games that were purchased, as Ian just mentioned, or even DLC for games that have been developed already, like a Darksiders 3 or something. So uh, they're trying to make a big splash in, in the, uh, I guess, the pool of developers right now. And um, good for them. It's cool to see some of the games that we've loved in the past to kind of get a uh, reemergence here, kind of a, a restart with a, a big publisher. So we'll see what happens. But I, I think this is good news. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, another game, well, not another, a game that has kind of fallen out of spotlight rather quickly. Um, we talked about its sales being disappointing to Electronic Arts is Battlefield V. Uh, they came out this week, announced a co-op mode is coming with eight missions centered around PvE, and that the Battle Royale mode is, you know, Firestorm, is still coming in the near future. Um, guys, I know with, you know, everything coming out now, Spring starting to hit Anthems here, Apex Legends was a huge hit surprise. Uh, Battlefield 5 has completely dropped out of my rotation. Um, I don't think I've played it in several weeks now. How about you guys? Same boat for me. Um, I, I don't know. I was kind of down on Battlefield 5 to begin with just because of, number one, their PR thing like I've mentioned before. Number two, the, the kind of light of what was released. It just seems like there's constantly weird things coming out, and I don't know why they're, where their priorities are, but I know that they were banking a lot on the Battle Royale mode just because that is the genre to play right now. And the fact that it, it's just so far away and where we are currently with the modes that are being released and what their focus is right now, it seems like they may actually miss the Battle Royale hype train that's currently going on right now, especially with what Apex has currently released. So, um... I don't know. I don't. We'll, we'll see what happens. This co-op thing might be something cool to play with your friends, but if it's anything close to what their single-player campaigns were, it's going to be a snooze fest. We're going to lose people while you're in the middle of a mission. Yeah, how do you miss out on the Battle Royale? I mean, I guess there's a few of them that have just, you know, been complete garbage, but, I mean, this is a AAA game, you know, published by a gigantic developer from, you know, guys that have made these types of games in the past you know i just don't understand how or why you know it's just bad timing i think with everything and you know you've got to be quick anymore you've got to strike when the iron's hot in in this in this industry and it, it's it's you know this is a huge huge missed opportunity because i enjoyed battlefield 5 for what it was you know i mean even though i hate that saying it is what it is or you know it, it, it's it was fun you know i had a good time with you guys and you know it was a gorgeous game it's just they're, they're just all over the place and ea is releasing you know they released apex and now they're gonna they're gonna have anthem come out and that's gonna compete you know it's not more you know is it <clears throat> excuse me you know this type of gamer will play this it's, it's just time you know there's not enough time for all of this stuff and i think they really missed out on a lot of things with this game so it's, it's really kind of disappointing yeah no, I agree, and I don't think, honestly, I don't think, a, they didn't already design the single-player missions very well, and I, I, to Bert's point, I don't think a co-op mode with eight PvE missions is the answer at this point in time. Um, I don't even see why they'd be putting development resources to something like that, but I don't know, I could be wrong, um, but it just doesn't seem, uh, to your point, I think they're kind of all over the place. I think they needed to focus resources on creating um, singular or uh, more direct quality things that rather than trying to spread between single player and co-op and uh you know several new multiplayer modes and then making battle royale on the side which by the way criterion games is developing dice isn't even creating the battle royale mode um 
So who knows what this is going to look like here in a few months. But as always, we'll try it, play it, and give you our thoughts. But it, it does seem to kind of be all over the place. Still one of the prettiest games out right now. It's just unfortunate that the rest of it just doesn't run well. <laughs> yeah, stunning. Yeah, I mean, when you're in the middle of a battle and in that native 4K and the sound is always excellent in Battlefield games, it's amazing. Um, it's just a shame it wasn't, yeah. as we said, more focused. If you, if you can have All the right. most beautiful uh, person so, in the world and they keep running into walls, it doesn't really matter <laughs> what that person is. <laughs> just get smacking right into it. <laughs> Bam skis. <laughs> All right. (laughs) Speaking of running into walls, and we don't want to make light of this situation because it's very disappointing for hundreds and hundreds of people, but Blizzard came out. um, I I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how you do something like this as a company. You come out, Blizzard, they announce record profits, year over year record profits. In fact, I believe the statement Bobby Kotick said was another year of record profits. And on the same day, same time that they're announcing this, Um, over 800 people were being let go by the company. Um, Something like, if I recall, guys, 8%, I believe, of the total staff of Blizzard. So this, uh, you know, as we've seen before, massively disappointing, a lot of outrage across the industry on this. The positive here is that many other major development companies um, across the Microsoft Studios, Sony Studios, uh, you know, Ubisoft, Electronic Arts kind of came out and said, hey, we're hiring please you know apply for us and hopefully all these people as we always say land on their feet or hopefully get something even better uh where they're respected more um but this is uh this is really just strange to me and of course you know people start doing the research and they find that if i recall correctly i want to say the top eight employees so bobby kotick and his executive staff seven other people are uh, on pace to make over 100 million um in 29 or made over 100 million in 2018 where they're announcing record profits and laying hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people off yeah this stuff doesn't i don't, I don't understand the whole economics of it i know uh kotick got most of that stuff is in stock options and you know and and so it's not necessarily money you know so i i get that however 900 plus employees i don't know the whole ins and outs and i don't know what those positions were, so I can't really speak on it. But I see it, it's a trend now, you know, especially for smaller, you know, studios. You know, you saw, like, with uh, Telltale and stuff like that. You know, it's 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 really kind of sad. And I don't know if it's 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 just a, such a saturated market that, you know, if you don't have that hit, you know. But the problem is, this isn't, you know, Telltale. This is Blizzard, you know, Activision. This is world of warcraft this is you know diablo and call of duty it doesn't make any sense you know and then you look over at like nintendo where they're taking you know the presidents are taking cuts in pay you know or and and just to keep the employees because they understand how that kind of business works you know if you've got people sitting there worried about oh i'm gonna lose my job in the next few months they're going to put out a shitty product. It's just how it's going to be, you know? So you've got these other people that are sitting there, you know, and, and, and they're like, you know, they don't have to worry about it because you've got people in the leadership positions that are going to take over, you know, and, and do what they have to do to make quality products. You know, you don't need a hundred million dollars. Nobody needs a hundred million dollars. You just don't need it. <laughs> and I'm, you know, good for you for making that much, but not this way, guys, you can eat it one Kotick. Take that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, th this is kind of a personal thing for me because I, I have family that was impacted here. Um, and one thing that's kind of un unfortunate is that uh, it wasn't just Blizzard. So obviously Activision owns Blizzard. And so a lot of, bl I, will, I will say, I think it's like 80% of the employees that were laid off were Blizzard employees, but there was still a big faction of Activision employees that were laid off. So Activision corporate um, has a lot of employees that support other projects as well. So one of the negative things that kind of affected us from a business standpoint is uh, Destiny's gone now. And a lot of the customer support, customer technical support, stuff like that, um, they were laid off um, in that sense. Uh, one of the things that was kind of uh, affected as well was the esports realm of Activision in general. So a lot of the uh, games that have had esports presences like uh, Call of Duty, uh, Warcraft, things like that, those folks were laid off as well. Um, so I, one of the things that is really strange in this announcement too is that they are actually staffing up in certain parts of Blizzard that are specific to, um, like I think Diablo has been talked about. They haven't really mentioned which part of the Diablo thing, if it's gonna be the mobile game, or as we kind of know, there's rumors that Diablo uh, 4 is in works right now, so there's some of that stuff. But um, kind of a very unfortunate thing here, like I said, personally affected here, so I know that some people are very upset with it. Um, and we, Activision is turning into like the new EA, where they buy something, they close things down, and they're horrible at keeping those relationships partnered up. We haven't quite heard all the details as to what happened with Bungie leaving in general, but as of as we've heard from you know some people that have leaked out things, it, it just wasn't a very good relationship between the two. So um, I don't really know what this means in the long run for Activision. I just know that a lot of people are affected here. You can kind of just keep them in your thoughts. If you know anybody in the industry, you know, make sure to spread resumes around. I do know that um, in, in leaked uh, articles, not even with me personally, but there was a decent severance package that was given out. And I think that co companies that are laying people off in mass can learn from that. However, they're kind of forced to do it because of the California labor law. So they have to give severance out in their, uh, to do that. As we kind of found out in previous developers that laid off their, their staff with no wage whatsoever, no severance. I know people even worked a ton without getting paid um, with other developers that we won't talk too much about. But it is very negative here when you see CEOs, CFOs, which have actually left, they've gone through CFOs like crazy at Activision, and bonuses that are paid out to the people right there, whereas you have other big name people like Nintendo that actually take pay cuts so they don't have to lay people off. So. Um, I don't know what that means. Like I said, I'm not an expert here. I can't really get into the, the specifics of what's going on inside the company, but it is unfortunate. And I think Activision has a lot to worry about right now with their studios, games like Call of Duty not meeting their internal expectations, and the future. So we'll see if they turn into the new just toxic publisher out in the world today like EA is. Yeah, and I think, you know, not for this podcast or podcast in general, but uh, this is a larger issue in, in America. Um, you know, as you pointed out, Bert, you got CEOs taking uh, or CFOs leaving the company, getting a $25 million bonus for leaving. And then you've got uh, a whole bunch of entry level employees being laid off. Um, it's just disappointing. That's all. Yeah, you know, the PC gamer was kind of funny throwing some shade at them. Uh, they reported on Ubisoft because they reported their earnings, too. And they said Ubisoft, you know, reports very strong earnings, does not lay off 800 people. Um, so <laughs> to your point, though, yeah, Nintendo became a really good example here. Say what you will about Nintendo, as we always do. Um, but there was a time a few years ago when Iwata was still president that, uh, to your guys' point, you know, they were struggling a little bit and uh, the executives took pay cuts and they kept staff on board to, to turn it around. So um, I think Dan nailed it. When you have people who are working under the guise of, uh, 
overworked hours, underpaid, the threat of possibly losing your job, what kind of product are you going to get out of those developers? Um, you can't work in that type of environment, not positively. So, um, yeah, it's uh, disappointing. I hope, uh, hope everyone lands on their feet and uh, actually hopefully land with a better position in a better company. So Yeah, and, and weird news, too, that there is a new Call of Duty coming this year. So uh, I don't know what that's going to affect as far as their bottom line, but, you know, they did not... Uh, meet expectations internally for last year so i don't know if if this next one's going to be but i believe it is infinity ward this year that's developing so that's kind of another big deal it is um yeah so we can we can get to that and the rumors just one more p- announcement and we'll touch on that so uh just for awareness for everyone in case you missed it uh division two you know the closed beta was last weekend we talked about it uh, i do have impressions coming of the the game coming here probably by next week, um, but there is an open beta coming in two weeks on March 1st uh, through March 4th, so anyone can get in and try it. I was really, really impressed with the beta, so um, you know if you haven't played this yet, jump into it. Um, <clears throat> on, on your real quick, Bert, there was a rumor this week that I forgot we were going to mention is that, uh, yes, it is Infinity's Ward, Infinity Ward's year for Call of Duty, and the rumor mm-hmm. came out on some of the Intel sites that it is going to be Modern Warfare 4 with the possibility that there'll be Modern Warfare 2 and 3 remastered campaigns coming in a package like they did a couple years ago with uh, Modern Warfare. So, um, I don't have a ton of interest in it. I seem to be, every year, I seem to be less interested in Call of Duty. Something gets me to buy it. This year it was Blackout. I play it for a little bit, and then I never touch it again. So, God damn it, I'm gonna not buy Call of Duty this year, because it's always a waste of my time. But... What do you think, Modern Warfare Four? Uh, I, I don't know enough. <laughs> I, I think those. It seems like most of the rumors that come out with Call of Duty before they release are pretty true, um, especially at this point in the game. Obviously, we'll take a closer look at it at E3. I think the bundling of remasters or charging the extra twenty bucks to, to be bundled in there. I think that's becoming a little bit tiresome now. But um, we'll see. I think Call of Duty needs to do something new. If it's the same. TDM with maybe a new Battle Royale mode or something, I may actually take a pass on it this year. But I tend to enjoy it. I have family and friends that play it, and that's what kind of links us together with gaming because a couple of these people only play Call of Duties and nothing else. But we'll we'll see what that turns into and what the release schedule is like in the fall. Yeah, I'm not going to play it. <laughs> this is a campaign. I mean, if they do oh, have they a also, campaign, okay. yeah, yeah well, they're great. The rumor is that there will be a campaign this year. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I okay. Say, I saw that. I think. Yeah. That's great. I mean, I'll buy it for that, <clears throat> just because I like the. I've always liked the campaigns uh, in Call of Duty. I, I didn't buy Blackout. Eventually, I bought Black Blackout because my kids wanted to play it. So I have it. I haven't even opened it yet. So <laughs> or unlocked it or un, you know, <laughs> launched it. I should say. My opened it. The hell am I a physical guy? This is crazy. No, yeah, about time. Yeah. No, let's not about, do this. About time you get with the times. No, I didn't do that. Um, That's a huge <laughs> lie. <laughs> you know, the funny yeah. thing here, though, is that the uh, in terms of campaign, um, the last Infinity Ward, which was... Uh, why am I blanking on the name? The, the last one they made, Bert. Uh, Infinity... Infinity Ward. Oh, God, I can't even oh, the, think the now. the space one? Infinite yeah. Warfare? Yeah, Infinite, Infinite Warfare. Warfare. Thank you. Um, the awesome. campaign in that was fantastic. Yeah, it, it was, was really, yeah. really good. So um, probably the best I hope they, one. Actually, they go to that level. Yeah, yeah it was excellent. So yeah, yeah, that's see. Look, there's already a hook that may get me to buy it yet again. Oh boy. Yep. All right, 
Let's uh, let's move on to a couple reviews we have for you today. So we're going to do two. Uh, Bert's going to review Kingdom Hearts 3, and I'm going to review Apex Legends. Bert, we'll start with you. Why don't you tell us about Kingdom Hearts 3 now that you've completed it? Yeah, so first of all, I want to mention that I am a big Kingdom Hearts fan. If you're not a Kingdom Hearts fan, I, I'm not going to try to convince you to buy this one because it's a lot of the same, um, and that's kind of where I want to start the review. And if you played Kingdom Hearts 1, you played Kingdom Hearts 2, those are the main core games. The other ones have turned into mobile games, and you don't really have to play those in order to understand what's happening in 3. Um, I took roughly around 35 total hours to get this game done. Um, it is a lot more of the same, like, uh, like I want to mention, and... The worlds are kind of the newer Disney worlds that exist in the new Disney movie. So you have Tangled there, Pirates of the Caribbean's part of it. Um, you have uh, Ains' favorite Frozen as part of this one. The Toy Story Stop world it. is here. Um, so if you are not a fan of the newer Disney movies, you don't really relate to any of the Disney characters in the new movies, this one may not be for you. One of the things that is kind of out of this one that was really impactful in part one and two is a lot of the square characters don't really make too much of an appearance in this one. This one's more focused on the events that have happened in one and two, and you're turning something into here. Um, the negatives of this game that really bug me is the controls and the cameras while you're fighting. Sometimes you can really lose what the hell is going on in your actual fight, and that is my biggest negative about this game. The story also starts very slow, picks up, drops off again, and then gets really, really good at the end. So, um, as far as total review score, it's going to land somewhere between a 7 and an 8. If I was to give it somewhere... In the middle, which we don't really do, it's a seven and a half, mainly because of some of the ups and downs. I also found the menus to be very confusing and very complex for may, uh, many basic things that you should be able to do. The other thing is that you can play this game as deep as you want and as shallow as you want. So if you're a big button masher, you can get through with playing with just one of the keyblades. And in my opinion, that's a big negative. When you're going to these different worlds and you get big keyblades and different powers and stuff, you want to use those and, and kind of include them in the game. In this game, you don't have to do that at all um, i'm not sure if that's square's way of kind of getting people in and just anybody can play and then you can have someone that's really into the deepness they can kind of get something out of it as well but you don't have to do any of that in this game to do that so that's why i don't have it as a 10 as some people have called this the game of the year i don't think it's the game of the year i think it's great i think it's good i would say it's maybe what we kind of waited for after this long period of time was it worth the long wait if you're a big kingdom hearts fan yes if you're a casual fan no. So I'm not going to, like I said at the beginning of the review, I'm not going to try to convince you to go play this. If you're interested in it, buy it on a sale. If you are really been waiting for a long time, you will enjoy it. You will love it. The ending does not close it off. So there's more Kingdom Hearts coming, unfortunately, or or fortunately, depending on how you want to look at it. But it's a great game. Loved a lot about it. Loved a lot of the worlds. Play it if you want to play it. Mm. So Kingdom Hearts Oof. 4, 2038. <laughs> yeah. I hope they. I hope it's fast. It is pretty, by the way. Very pretty game. So. Yeah. Um, I was just going to ask, um, you know, with the long, extremely long development time, in fact, I don't know if there's ever been a game that's taken as long between two and three, um, but regardless, do you notice that while playing, and what I mean by that is, usually with games that are really long development tail, they, you know, there's areas that were made on prior gen hardware or engines, yes. and so, you know, they have to go back and try and touch them up, but you can kind of notice what's new versus what's old, and it, there's this weird dichotomy between the things as you're playing through the game. Do you notice that kind of stuff? 
Yeah, so great question. And to kind of give super detail on what happened, they were initially running on the engine that Final Fantasy XV is, was, is, actually is running on and released on. They actually scrapped all that, and they're on in the entirely new engine, which is the Unreal Engine, if I'm not mistaken. And I can't remember the engine they're currently on. But it, it, it plays fantastic. But yes, there is definitely some areas that you can tell that were developed a while ago and kind of maybe neglected just to kind of push forward the story. And kind of one of the weird things about Kingdom Hearts is the world that you in is kind of the story at that moment. So you have to kind of enjoy what's going on there. And some of the old development, you can tell like in the Hercules world, um, Olympus or whatever, I guess you'd call it, some of that stuff is very dated. Um, and you can really feel that. Whereas you go to a different world, like maybe the Pirates of the Caribbean or even the Frozen one, and it's a lot more newer, a lot prettier looking, a lot more polished. So yes, there is that. You can definitely notice that. One thing that has thrown people off is that when they have some of the flashbacks from the previous games, they are using the graphics from that time for that flashback. So you may be looking at a flashback from a mobile game, and it really kind of takes you out of the experience when you're currently playing a current PS4 game, and you're kind of like, what's going on? And especially if you never played those mobile games, this, these were designed for the Nintendo DS, keep in mind. So it, it takes you out of the experience for a second. But some of the graphics are so clean at times that they look like a current Pixar movie. So it's it's kind of hit and miss on that. Hmm. Hey, well, let me ask you this. Are there any, you know, you've got Tangled and Frozen and uh, is Big Hero 6, Pirates of the Caribbean. Are there any Disney franchises? Because you say Hercules. I, I don't even know when that came out. It was like 92 or something. Yeah. I don't know. But, okay, so... So are there any of those franchises that you would have liked to have seen in Kingdom Hearts 3 that maybe you think might have missed, you know, with like Marvel movies and Star Wars and all the other stuff that Disney owns now, unfortunately, but um, what which ones were missing that you think you would have liked to see? Yeah, so some of the newer Pixar movies, I've, I've mentioned this before and people have kind of disagreed with me, but WALL-E is my favorite Pixar movie. I would have loved to have seen like a WALL-E world, maybe more of Pixar in general. So Pixar that's included is uh, Monsters, Inc., which is cool. Um, and I don't want to go too far because I might be ruining worlds for people that haven't seen this and it's almost spoilerish. But uh, Monsters Inc., Toy Story are the only two Pixar uh, mo uh, movies or whatever on there. They did include Tangle, which is a very good movie, and uh, My Hero, My Hero Six, which is fantastic as well. But um, yeah, to answer your question directly, Dan, uh, maybe some of the newer Disney movies, even Moana, is pretty good. That would have been cool to be there. But there's so much stuff to pick from. And Hercules, to your initial root of your question, Hercules is the only one that's older that is in this game as far as like a classic Disney movie. And even Hercules, I would argue, is not a classic Disney movie when you look at the pre-90 movies and stuff like that. But those were talked about and played in Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2. So... Um, just a few of them, Dan, if I answer you directly. Maybe some of the new Pix newer Pixar movies, like maybe Brave even, I would have liked to seen in it. But uh, it's really, I have to imagine, it's really hard to pick what you're going to include and what you're not going to include in this game. Yeah, cool, man. Yeah, especially when they have that many IPs and old movies. Yeah. I mean, it's endless. Yeah, yeah so. zero Marvel, by the way. Zero Marvel in all of Kingdom Hearts. I think that's intentionally. Zero Star Wars also in Kingdom Hearts um, in this one. Hmm. 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 So, you know, it's funny. No, I was thinking because as you said that, I'm thinking, yeah, zero Star Wars, because Disney owns Star Wars license, right? But EA owns the Star Wars video game license. Correct. Yeah, that's um, true. So yeah. that's yeah, kind of a strange overlay there, I guess, with the licenses. But anyway, uh, check out Bert's review on the site. The rest of the written review, and thank you for that, Bert. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and review Apex Legends for us. My review is up on the site already. I scored it sensational, which is around a 9 on our scale. 
It, uh, we talked about it extensively last week, so I'm not going to say too much here, guys. Uh, we've continued to play a lot of it. I think I'm over 40 hours in, in what, two weeks since its launch. It is, uh, from a Battle Royale perspective, you, you kind of know what you're getting. This is multiplayer only, three-player squad only. Uh, if you don't have friends on, you're playing with randoms automatically. Um, it's a very focused game. Now, but what is unique about this and what makes it so good is just how well it's polished and how strong the ideas are that they've taken the core of what Battle Royale is. You know, a, a big group of people on a single large map, a ring that's closing in on you, looting an item and trying to survive, you have one life. Um, all of those aspects are in there for Apex Legends, but they've streamlined it so well and they've polished it so well that it creates a, a unique experience that, frankly, um, as I said in my written review, is, is rather untouched right now. So, <clears throat> you know, if, if you enjoy competitive games, if you enjoy multiplayer, um, especially if you have a couple other friends that like to play these games uh, and you haven't tried Apex Legends yet, uh, get on it because it is uh, remarkable. Respawn has, um, they just have a knack for first-person shooters due to the movement system, the gun mechanics, um, just the feel of the game overall is phenomenal. And I will say that, um, you know, a lot of the things that really hamper other Battle Royale experiences, particularly games like PUBG, is the, the nuance around managing inventory and managing your weapons, um, trying to, you know, figure out what you should put on your guns, trying to figure out should I put this helmet on or this armor on or etc. Basically, Apex Legends takes all of those decisions that you have to make constantly and they, they simplify it. They take it right out of your hands so that you can focus on the gameplay itself and the combat itself. Um, and I think that was a very intuitive design decision by Respawn and it won't surprise me if we see Epic and Blue Hole and uh, you know the other Battle Royale makers, uh, the Call of Duty, um, Blackout, start to incorporate some of these decisions in their games because it, it's just created a much, much better experience. Uh, when you take all of those factors of how smooth it is and the uh, intelligent decisions that keep you kind of engaged and then you layer on top of it an Overwatch-like system with Legends where you have eight unique characters uh, with more coming that have unique abilities and you can kind of team those up with one another in your squad, uh, it is just... Like I said, it's a it's a remarkable game. Um, I'm shocked that we didn't know more about it sooner, that they kept the wraps on it. And uh, I think it deserves every ounce of its uh, sensational rating that I'm giving it. So, uh, Bert, I know we've played it a lot. In fact, I think most of the time I've spent playing it has been with you. Um, I don't know if you guys have any further comments or questions for me from a review perspective for this one. Yeah, I have one really quick for you, and then Dan, obviously, jump in if you have one. You may have none. You're like, all right, moving on. But um, <laughs> um, one. Uh, my one, my one question for you, Aids, is if you were to change or add one thing into the game, what would it be? Wow. Well, I used to have one. Now I don't have one. Good question, Bert. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So yeah, I think um, funny enough, I post. Someone actually posed that question, and I think uh, there's a lot of things I would say, but none of them are deal breaking. And what I mean by that is, I'd like to see a uh, bigger map. Uh, maybe not necessarily squads of four, um, even though that may be cool. But I'd like to see uh, you know 80 or 100 player map rather than 60. Today it's as you know 20 squads of three for 60 players. Um, I think that. The movement is so good in the game. It's so fast and so um, 
so well designed. I don't know if vehicles are going to be a smart move for this game. A lot of people have questions if we're going to get vehicles and maybe on the second map it's going to be bigger and they'll get vehicles. I don't I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Uh, so we'll see there. I would like to see, just because I'm, I'm a stat nerd, I would like to see better stat statistical tracking. You know, you only kind of see what you do with each legend right now. There's no way to, uh, to look at everything from a profile perspective. Um, but I think a lot of those complaints or not complaints, a lot of those wish list items are really just quality of life and things that we'll see over time as they update the game. Um, they've already said new legends are coming, new guns are coming. Uh, there's a battle pass coming in a few weeks in March. So um, really, I don't have a lot of uh, a lot of items that I think need to be added. Um, of course, I think it might be cool if you add solo play, you know, so you could go in. But with the communication system, the ping system being so well designed, um, I don't even know if that's necessary. I, I've played, I've won several matches now with randoms just because you can communicate so well without even using a mic. So um, I don't know, Respawn's just kind of nailed it. I don't have a lot of open complaints. Nice. That was literally my question. <laughs> that was, all right, so. Cool. Well, uh, Dan, I, I, I know that you're not into Battle Royales. I know you don't really care for the competitive side of it. Um, but if nothing else, I would say jump into a game sometime with Bert and I to play it just to feel it because it is so smooth from a shooter perspective. I think it may surprise you. I'll give it a shot. I'm always open to new things sometimes. <laughs> and it's free. You know, why yeah, not? Free, so right? I, I, I actually, I would say if I do have one complaint, um, the game is free. And, and so this may not even be a fully valid complaint. But the cosmetics that you can buy um, are overly expensive. For instance, there's a gun skin in the shop right now. I think that's like $12 for a gun skin. Um, that's a little obnoxious. I think if you, you know, I know they have to make money. I'm happy to support the game. I will be buying the Battle Pass and other things to support the developers, of course. But... Uh, gun skins for $12? Come on, guys. You can do better than that. Um, and there's no way to unlock packs where you get your um, skins and all the other stuff you can unlock. There's no way to unlock those after leveling up uh, without using real money. So they give you points, but you can't unlock uh, packs with points, and I think that's a miss as well. You should reward the people who are um, playing your game endlessly and streaming it and you know supporting the content. So That's about it. I would pay $12 for a Chappie skin. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Yep. Yeah, that would be really neat, though. That would be neat. All right, so let's talk about, uh, beyond uh, obviously those things that we're currently playing, guys, the, the Spring Rush has begun. We've been talking about it for a couple months uh, with the release dates, and uh, it has started. So just this week, we got the early access to Anthem, which is the major one. We got Far Cry New Dawn, we got Metro Exodus, and we got Crackdown 3. And I know we're all playing a mix of these things. So, guys, why don't you touch on what you've been playing? Yeah, I can start. Um, I've been playing Anthem, obviously. Um, about i got maybe two and a half hours left on my trial. So I'll probably start up a new account and <laughs> buy live and EA Access. Uh, make sure you pick the right voice. Yeah, make sure I pick the right voice. Um, I've been really enjoying it. Um, I think it's you know if it's it's I'm more of a I'm a hardcore gamer, but I'm a casual gamer. It's kind of a weird thing. I love love my video games, but I'm I'm not super competitive like we've said. Um, so the PVE stuff is you know really cool for me. My you know my biggest complaint with it right now is that you know I only have ten hours. So um, but there's I don't care about the story so much, which is kind of disappointing me right now. Um, 
I hope that I can get into it a little bit more. I mean, it's also still, you know, there's supposed to be a big day one patch as well. So I don't know what, as far as other issues, there obviously are some issues. We've had connection issues. We've had uh, just several different things, you know, enemies just glitching out and all kinds of weird stuff is what it is. I've enjoyed it so far. <clears throat> um, I've been playing Crackdown 3 a little bit. Uh, I would say it's probably right where it needs to be. Metacritic-wise, um, is what it is. <laughs> That's what everybody says about that game. Hey, it's Crackdown 3. It's just Crackdown, guys. Oh, yeah. So what? You know what? If you took God of War 3, alright, and then compared it to the new God of War game, don't come at me with this garbage and damage controlling the whatever. It's fine. Enjoy the game. Do what you want to do. But it is what it is. It's basically remastered Crackdown. And that's fine for people who want that. It's Game Pass material, which is, you know, says a lot. And I've been uh, playing Far Cry New Dawn. That's also Far Cry. <laughs> so it's basically, there's not a whole lot to say, but I'm going to have a review for it. Hopefully I will finish it this week. Um, I think I that shouldn't be an issue. Um, so next week I'll have a review for it on the big cast. But it's fun. It's just another Far Cry game. You know, there's not a whole lot of innovation going on. Um, but, you know, it's pink. There's a lot of pink. That's about the best thing I could say about it right now. So that's it, man. That's all I've been playing. Bert, what I'll you go. Yeah, <laughs> I'll go. I didn't know if you were gonna jump in, Ains. My bad. Nope. Um, yeah, so I uh, I'm still playing Resident Evil 2. Believe it or not, <laughs> I love the game. It's uh, fantastic. I've uh, finished all the playthroughs. The the uh, played it through four times with the main characters on normal difficulty. Um, I, I fully admit I tried to speed run Claire's on assisted difficulty to see how fast I could get through it, and I got through in three hours and five minutes um, on assisted difficulty, just kind of running through, shooting people as fast as I could. Um, that was fun. And I'm currently on Claire's first hardcore uh, playthrough, and I'm about five hours into it, and I'm almost done. I'm getting there at the very end, then I'll be done with it. Didn't initially think I was going to go for a thousand gamer score, and I think it's still going to be really hard to do it, but I, I will probably do it, um, which is looking like I might be able to do. Um, the other one that uh, I've uh, finished, obviously, Kingdom Hearts for the review. Um, playing a ton of Apex. That's my main multiplayer game right now, and that's what it'll stick to. Started Crackdown 3. I'm about two and a half hours into it. I don't really want to mention too much about it because um, it is what it is. As, as Dan said, it's nothing special, I guess, unless you're a massive Crackdown fan. I am looking for someone to play co-op campaign through it just to get through it and have more fun with it. But if any of you guys want to partake, let me know. I'd love to play co-op and kind of leave it at that, but I probably won't come back to it. Anthem, I'm glad I've got EA Access because that's probably where I'm going to leave it in the 10-hour trial. And funny enough, in playing Crackdown 3, um, I have a huge urge to go back and finish Infamous Second Son. So it's very, very similar to the point to where um, it's questionable to me <laughs> as the development cycle of this game and where they took influence from. But um, I should have that done within the next few days. I was very close to being done already. Nice. Yeah, I'm pretty similar to you guys. I've been playing a lot of Anthem. Um, I've been playing, I've played an hour, hour and a half of Crackdown. Uh, tons of Apex Legends, as I just said. So um, on Anthem, uh, I'm getting concerned. Uh, I'm getting concerned that this is turning out to be the game that we kind of thought it may be. And what I mean by that is there's definitely some bugs still present. Um, to Dan's point, we'll see what that day one official launch patch brings next week. But uh, I've been disconnected several times. Uh, I've lost mission progress. 
And, uh, but that's not even really what concerns me. What concerns me is that the world is beautiful. I love flying around and finding things. It's very fun to play, especially if you've got some friends. Um, but that's where it seems to end right now. The story hasn't grabbed me at all. The characters feel lifeless. Um, and we're seeing reports out of guys who are, you know, at the end game, uh, early reviews coming out from like PC gamer, um, that are not very, very, um, I was looking for a better word here, but not very kind, saying that Fort Tarsus is, uh, you know, kind of a waste. It's it's a whole bunch of people standing around talking. They never do anything, um, and yet you have to walk through it at snail's pace over and over again between missions. The mission variety is lacking. The end game uh, loot hunt is lacking. So uh, I'm concerned here. I think that this uh, may end up having the same thing that happened with Destiny 1, where you're going to get that hardcore group of people that are fine just playing it and grinding it, um, and a lot of other people may just move on, especially given the games that we're getting this spring. So, we'll see. Um, I'm looking forward to at least putting more time in and playing more with uh, with you guys. On Crackdown, uh, you guys already said it. It's it's Crackdown. Uh, and I think Microsoft has even said it's Crackdown. If you enjoy Crackdown, you'll likely like it. Um, I'm having some fun with it so far. You can definitely see it's a little more dated, um, even though it's got some cool uh, colors that pop. And, you know, the city looks pretty neat and it's kind of funny, but otherwise it's Crackdown. So, all right, anything to add on anything else before we get to name that game, guys? Yeah, I do want to mention the Neil Blomkamp uh, Anthem short that released. It's from Oat Studios, yes. which is kind of his YouTube channel um, that he does his stuff. First of all, I'm a huge Neil Blomkamp fan. I like literally all his movies. Um, some are actually better than others, but one thing you can't second guess with him is the way he shoots and his special effects. So take out the plots of some of these movies and... It's just epic, and um, I, for me, the thing that's been most exciting about Anthem is this short that he had. It's really quick. I think it's maybe 10 minutes long, if that, um, but definitely watch it. Um, the dude deserves some definite respect on the way he shoots movies. Wait a minute. Did you watch one yeah, that I didn't was... watch? Because it was like three minutes. What did I miss? Is it only three minutes? Yeah. Okay. It's really short, then. Yeah. yeah three <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Is there another one? Because I want to see the yeah. full version. Yeah, his... Yeah, I might have gotten mistaken here because his other stuff on there is 15, 20 minutes long, 10 minutes right. long, and it's all worthwhile. Yeah, it's so yeah. good. Okay. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It, it was like an extended game trailer. Yeah, I liked But it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I think, uh, yeah. I think. sorry, Dan, I think people were calling for, you know, the uh, Anthem TV show or movie, you know, as we always do when we see mm -hmm. video games translated well to, uh, to things like this. So, uh, pretty neat. All right, guys, you ready for name that game? Nope. Couldn't be more ready. <laughs> going first, Couldn't Bert. be more ready. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Okay, Bert's going first. All right, guys. Okay, let's get it kicked off here. As always, we say, you know, I hope I have these in a decent order where it's not too hard, but it's not too easy. So here we go. Uh, it was released in 2012 for multiple platforms. Um, that first, no one's ever going to get it on the first question. I just know it. No. <laughs> but uh, I know someone who's gotten it on the second question a couple times. Yep. 2012. Sure <laughs> on all, on all. Uh, you said multiple platforms. You said Mul multiple platforms. Yes. Is that including PC? That's, it's like a huge, uh, hey, yeah. huge, huge. I, I'm asking the questions here, guys. Huge. Come on now. Um. God, 2012. Uh, <laughs> No idea. What'd you say? What'd uh, you pick? So Rayman. Ray, Rayman. Nope. 
Great game. What's, what's Rayman? Oh, I know what Rayman Stop is. It. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> uh, FIFA. FIFA. <laughs> it's definitely released in 2012. 2012. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. Question two. Has spinoffs, including comics, graphic novels, and a supposed movie that's in production? Damn. You're up, You're up Dan. Shit. Uh, Madden. No, I'm not going to do Madden. Uh, I don't know what the hell was released in 2012, man. A lot of stuff was released in 2012. Uh, shit. Shit, shit, shit. I'm just going to go with my standby. Sonic. <laughs> Four. <laughs> Four. <laughs> that only probably takes us to about 95. Right. Okay. Well, I was close. I was close. Uh, to clarify your, your clue, did you say rumored a movie or it is in production for sure? Well, you know how some of these things go, so it, it's been said that it's in production. Said it's in production. Is it Gears of War? Yes. No. Oh. No. Uh, another great series that uh, the third member of the podcast needs to play. Um, <clears throat> there was <laughs> an online MMO-style version of the game that was developed for the Chinese market, but later canceled prior to actually releasing. It's my it's my answer, right? Um, yes. Yeah. Is it the War- Warhammer? Say it again. I'm sorry, you broke up. Warhammer? Uh, nope. Nope. Hmm. This is not easy. Lego Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just throwing Chinese shit out there, Lego man. Star Wars. Yeah, I, I, I don't want know. to see that I'm just, game. I'm just throwing shit out there, man. <laughs> see what sticks. It is the second game. In a series that has three core games. Oh. Game in a series that has three core games. Oh, okay. Fudge. I don't remember any of these things. Mass Effect 2? That's a good <laughs> guess, but no. No. Uh, how about StarCraft 2? No. Also a good like guess, it. but no. Mm-hmm. Shit. All right, let's, let's 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 lighten it up a bit here. It is known for its over-the-top sense of humor. Oh, shit. Hmm. Uncharted. Nope. Man, is that that funny? I don't really <laughs> <laughs> uh, Borderlands. Twelve too. Something. <laughs> Leisure Suit Larry. No, I'm yeah. 2012. I don't know. Borderlands 2? Nailed it. Did I really? Borderlands 2. We'll give it to you. Yes. You got it. Oh, shit. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Dude. What the yeah. hell? I didn't even know there was a movie on that one. I didn't know that. I didn't either. Yep. I was, that was so, kind of a, yay, there's a movie maybe? Funny enough, I was gonna I was going to leave the humor one for one more. The other one... Question five I was going to give was the original design of the game referred to the characters as similar to pirates among a world of corporations and military. Ah, um, I probably wouldn't have gotten it. Just <laughs> throwing shit out there. I don't even know that's when it came out. Open world FPS, co-op four players. There's a Vita and PSVR ports or versions. I don't um, know there was an MMO. And of course developed by Gearbox. 
Um, yeah, so, uh-huh. you know, we've done it in the past. I was looking for Borderlands 2, but I think we've said, you know, we need to probably clarify if we're going to go for the exact game um, or just the series. So it doesn't matter. You nailed it. Got it on question five, funny enough. So it wasn't the same go, Dan. Yeah, it one. wasn't that bad, say. Hercules, Hercules. Yeah, so apparently uh, in late 2016, they announced a movie with um, in production with Liongate. So, Sweet. But then again, like I said, you know, they've how many times have we heard a movie version of these games is coming and they never Still come? Still waiting for Bioshock. So, um, we'll see. Oh, man, the producers are Avi Arad. That means it'll never happen. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, I'm still mad about the Bioshock movie. I'm never getting over it. <clears throat> and the Halo movie. Well, at least, well, we'll see. I mean, it's definitely in production. We know that. But we'll see how good the Halo Showtime show is. I hope it's good. Uncharted been rumored for a while, too. Jeez. Yep. And Gears. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Good job, Dan. Uh, not too bad on that one. Um, all right. So, let's go ahead and close it out, guys. That is our BitCast 46. We've got a few things in the works, including we've been talking about this one for a while, but uh, we're working on a series for examining the classics. We've kind of buttoned down some things, and uh, we do have this coming for you soon, so we'll think you'll enjoy it. Um, guys, anything you want to call out before we head out? Yeah, I've got a quick video coming on battery options for the Xbox One controller. So that should be out this week. Um, as you obviously know, Xbox controllers don't have an internal battery, but there's about 50,000 options you can do to have a good working battery um, in this one. So I'm going to be going over a number of the ones I own and the best ones in my opinion. So that's coming. Cool, man. <clears throat> Sweet. Nope. I got yeah, a, Hopefully the uh, Far Cry New Dawn review will be up this week sometime um and that's it that's all i got coming all right very good well thanks for joining us as always you can find us uh seasongaming.com you can find us on twitter at season gaming porsche power shrub underscore sg d rodriguez wsdc um appreciate your support as always thank you and we'll talk to you next week